2: we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A T L A S S I A N.com. Atlassian.
3: Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. And it's on a good cross for Klinsmann. And He's a real sprinter, Rodney Wallace. And he's away here superbly. Petrescu!
4: gets it through, and a chance on here for Uwe Rosler! With Philippe
1: Albert, oh! Palmer in quickly, now then, Colton Palmer tears away, and 3-1 Leeds United lead!
0: Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes.
1: Oh, he hasn't! No!
2: Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score, the 90s football show is episode A. I am Chris Skoll, joining me here in the studio is Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And Brian Little during his Aston Villa reign. It is Michael Marden, director of podcast. Hello. This
4: week we're talking about Premier Fashion with Nish Kumar. An iconic documentary about Sunderland Football Club's first year in the Premier League.
2: I imagine a lot of our listeners will remember this documentary, will have
4: watched it. Um, well, we'll come to it. let Shall we say we'll, we'll come to that, but before yeah. that... Time to look at our correspondence.
2: I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the electronic post bag.
4: You've got mail. Right, now, I thought we'd do a few things that aren't just footballers who've been seen this week. We will come back to that, don't <laughs> worry. So we're going to start with John Broomfield. Hello, gents. You briefly mentioned the excitement of far-fetched transfer rumours in this week's pod. That was you, wasn't it, Chris? Yes. Check out this rumour from September 94, which was a fervent yet naive teenage Ipswich reporter had me running around the house screaming to my indifferent parents. To put this context, we had signed the prolific golden-maned icon he would have been competing for places with fellow mullet officiado Ian Marshall and love rat Lee Chapman. <laughs> this was from The Independent. On the surface, not a lot exists to connect Argentina and Ipswich Town, but yesterday Portman Road was alive with rumour that the Premiership side could be yet to raid the transfer market for one, possibly two, of Diego Maradona's compatriots. Source close to the club suggested the target was a 32 year old defender, Ostro Agheri, while a report in Italy maintained. John Lyle's secret assignation this week was in pursuit of Gabrielle Battistuta. <laughs> Whoa! Can you
2: imagine?
4: <laughs> Battistuta's thought to be unhappy at Fiorentina. <laughs> and a pre-contract agreement is said to exist... What?! ..between the Italians and Ipswich in advance of a £2.9 million transfer, which is a record for the Suffolk club.
0: <laughs> wow. Could you
4: imagine Battistuta at Ipswich? Mm. Yeah. Well, it turned out... This is afterwards... Batastuta was not Lyle's Argentinian transfer target after all. Within a few days, we'd signed Mauricio Tarico. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have any 90s transfer rumours yeah. that you dreamed were joining your club, then uh, please send them in, um, hello at quicklykevin.com.
2: I got a little bit excited there, even though I knew that transfer didn't happen.
4: Yeah. and also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is something really exciting about it, isn't there? Yeah. Now- it's, it's almost
0: just feasible like in that period in the 90s when the Premier League overtook Serie A financially those kind of you know Ravenelli to Middlesbrough seems insane until it happens yeah, so yeah.
4: Batistuta to Ipswich it's like why not why yeah. not yeah okay this is from Jim Capel hello gents enjoyed the Jim Rosenthal episode one particular anecdote namely ITV cutting to the news after Arsenal's title victory reminded me of another ITV gaffe the Rombolows Cup final of 1991 basically Sheffield Wednesday beat Manchester United 1-0, uh, which was a huge upset. They were a second division side at the moment. I was a six-year-old unable to go to Wembley. After the game and the trophy presentation, we're set to watch the post-match celebrations when the ITV presenter, who I believe was Elton Wellesby, came on to explain that viewers in London and some other regions would be back at Wembley for the reaction. But said goodbye to other regions, including Sheffield. (laughs) Oh, wow. So instead, we were treated to ITV's coverage of War of the Monster Trucks. (laughs) Imagine the fury. Oh, I'd be absolutely
2: livid. Because you've got so many options now. If something, if your feed goes down, you can jump on the internet and you can find a stream somewhere. Back then, that's that it. it. That was that's it. That was it. That's it.
4: Yeah. Now you oh. just... Oh, you go on a chat room, you'd read about it, you'd read every report on the internet. Yeah. Then you literally have no way of, of indulging <laughs> yeah. in... The victory. <laughs> so th- that's another one we're calling out for. If you have any anecdotes about football being interrupted on TV for some reason in the 90s. <laughs> time for one more? One Should more. Should we have one more player spot? Why not? We always like a player spot. So this is from uh, Christopher Rosimus. Now what I, what I like here is not so much the player, but the player's reaction to Christopher Rosimus' dad. <laughs> Whilst on holiday in Barbados, 1990, I was seven at the time... We were playing in the beach when my dad suddenly made a beeline for a bloke who was sat on the jetty in the sea. It was Ray Wilkins. My dad was asking him all about the Italia 90 World Cup as it was on at the time. However, I will always remember my dad claiming that Wilkins expressed his surprise that a gas engineer in my dad's <laughs> profession would be able to afford a Caribbean holiday. <laughs> wow i mean i'm surprised
0: ray wilkins would say something like that well he might have just said it off the cuff once and, yeah. the, and it's really
4: grated with christopher Rossimus' dad <laughs> he's clung to it for decades
2: yes. i've never thought of ray wilkins as a man of the people though so that doesn't yeah surprise yeah he's, me. he's always been a bit
4: hoity-toity <laughs> hasn't he if you've been abused by ray wilkins over your hello at
2: quicklykevin.com right now let's do a watch along with nish kumar Premier passions
0: I'm a football person, I always will be. I leave the business side of it to my directors and the financial directors that we've got in. I mean, I'm purely football.
2: Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin Will He Score? The 90s Football Show. Tanish Kumar. Yeah. Ahoy,
1: ahoy. How are you? Good, how are you both? Excited. All three of you, in fact. Yeah, Mike keeps his head very much down. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, don't
1: don't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not look at him in the eyes. <laughs> he very
4: much rules with fear. <laughs> so we're we're, we're going to come on to um, Premier Passions, the documentary about. Uh... Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm excited to talk about it because I feel like I need some counselling. <laughs> yeah, I think it's well. What's great is that I've arrived here and we've all just gone. Okay. <laughs> what on earth was that? <laughs> let's, let's save it for on mic. Yeah. Let's save it for on mic, but just one question. What on earth did I just want? <laughs> This is a
4: huge prank on you, Nish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I tell you,
4: I felt like I'd been pumped. <laughs> we will come to yeah. it. Yeah, okay. we yeah, yeah. But before yeah. that, we've
1: got our, our, our settling questions. Sure. Um, have you ever met a 90s footballer? Yeah, I've met, uh, I've met two 90s footballers oh, yeah. at once. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was going to do... <laughs> I was going to do a, a music festival called Vestival, oh, which yeah. unsurprisingly just ran for the one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they only sold, I think, about a third of the tickets that oh, they yeah. needed what to was sell. The, who were the headliners to try and get people off? Well... <laughs> Here's where the problems start, Joshua. The, uh, the music headliners were Top Loader, wow. and second on the bill, musically, was a little man called Dion Dublin. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah, Dion no. Dublin was there playing the percussive instrument The Dupe. The Dupe. That's weird. That he what? has patented. Oh, did you watch him? Yeah, so he did a little demonstration of The Dupe, which is admittedly quite yeah. impressive. <laughs> right? It's a little box that sort of its like a computer drum thing, but it's, yeah. a, it's a little white box. And he was there and uh, there's two kind of points of interest. He was very nice. We all sort of had a little chat Mm. to him. We're all football fans. Uh, He then joined Top Loader in their headline set oh, come come for, for Dancing in the Moonlight I have seen Top Loader play Dancing in the Moonlight whilst accompanied by Dion Dublin on a progressive instrument he has played it this festival should have gone on for a thousand years yeah. it really it feels like when you tell it now it feels like a dream yeah. I had yeah. Yeah. but the problem the is the following that, year it was Train accompanied <laughs> by Diego Forlan (laughs) on his own (laughs) eight-stringed instrument. (laughs) <laughs> but then one of the problems was that Top Loader played Dancing in the Moonlight four songs in yeah, right. and the uh, 150 strong crowd uh, just continued to sing Dancing in the Moonlight <laughs> oh, through no, the heart oh, of the rest of the set is, one of the bleakest oh, things I've God. ever seen but the uh, the sort of outstanding detail of that day was we knew Dion Dublin was going to be there and there was a guy <laughs> taking photos and I was like oh it's nice that Dion's brought his mate down and oh, no. Tom Rosenthal went that's Darren Huckabee. <laughs> it was <laughs> Dublin and Huckabee just hanging out. <laughs> Huckabee, Huckabee who yeah. made his own
4: camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's going to take some beating. Uh, yeah, it, it, absolutely extraordinary. If we'd, sent, if we'd got that sent in, we'd have dismissed it <laughs> <Yeah>. as too <laughs> outlandish.
2: Yeah. You, you hear really stories is. like that,
4: but you can't believe they happen. But they, of course they
1: do. Yeah, yeah, of course, course they just hang do. out. This is a mad world. They had a yeah. great understanding. That's <laughs> <laughs> football did yeah. they rehearse? Yeah. Like Dion and <laughs> Dublin sort of has, he, he was pretty confident musically. Like, I think he's the sort of person. Also, let's face it, he's not turning up to join the Mahavishnu Orchestra <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like Miles Davis' backing band. It's top loaded doing dancing in the world. Dion's probably like, is that a square 4 4 beat? I think I'll be able to keep up. I think me and the dupe are going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> That's what he calls
4: Darren Huckabee. <laughs> um,
1: okay, now,
4: uh, did you have any weird ways you played football when you were a kid? in the night, and or not any... like not weird
1: interpretations of it but we did have we've a... really opened I should say with your ace in the pack yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah I know is it's... this is like Dancing yeah. the Moonlight song 4 yeah. very yeah. early it's... on in the set yeah. you've dropped your best you've exactly... your best stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do not Premium have passions <laughs> is going to suffer yeah. we're going to be singing about Dion Dublin and Top for the rest of the show <laughs> on reflection I should have held that back <laughs> I don't think I have anything the only sort of strange variation of football was that I uh, used to play football at school, I still enjoy playing football mm. now, I'm very bad at yeah. it, but I, uh, when we were at school we, had, um, we used to play on like a playground, sort of tarmac playground thing, and there would be loads of games going on, and we had a very strict no good people policy.
2: Yeah. So, what
1: do you mean? So, like, everyone had to be crap. And we were called the CFC, which is a crap football club. And uh, if you started to display a skill level that was anything other than awful, you were yeah. out of the game. <laughs> it was mainly attacking players that yeah. got punished out. Because yeah. a couple of my friends were actually pretty good, like, defenders. Defend. Yeah. But people don't really value that when no, you're yeah. 12 We've all seen the player of the year nominations.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, you've brought some clips.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I've... Uh, your
4: favourite 90s clips.
1: Yeah. I've got Well, there's two and one I found because of the one that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So the first video that I was looking for is uh, the song Outstanding by Andrew Cole. Yes. Straight in. Absolutely amazing single, released to sort of coincide with, or at least explain. Was it when they won the Champions League? It was after the travel, yeah. They're off the back of that, you've won an amazing achievement in football. What's your logical next step? Rap song, <laughs> get straight out of there. Although I cannot wait to hear David May's rap song, <laughs> David May and Henning Berg. <laughs> He's been, been working on it for yeah eighteen years now. Um, it is
4: so. I, I remember, vaguely remember this coming out. I don't. Do you remember? Do you remember it at all?
2: Well, I, when you said that, I had a, a now. That's why I call music forty-five. It, and it had outstanding it, no, Andrew Cole on it. No, I never thought it was no. Andy Cole. <laughs> it's so, I'm a, if I I if didn't know I just thought this is a crap song so if you play it I think I might recognise it and, and like this is going to blow my mind
1: I mean what? he
0: says his name in it like
2: <laughs> yeah, over and, also, and
0: over
1: also most of the rap is about being is a football player it's <laughs> at
2: the end Cause Cause it's, it's CD1 track 20 right at the end <laughs> where, where, where you know it's filler
1: because yeah. I wasn't that attached well, to what it. I really love about this is that when he started doing music he formally changed his name to Andrew Cull. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. A line in the sand. And we were like, that's ridiculous. I mean, you're fooling no one. <laughs> Clearly we were yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 <Absolutely done. laughs> I can't believe that this song, I mean, that's calling the whole, now that's what I call music. Uh, into, I didn't like, know
4: it had charted. So I'd have thought, I'm surprised that it made it onto now, that's what I well, that, I'm starting to it I need to to check
2: it. P- I need to... Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain this is the case.
4: Am I about to rock your world?
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to blow my mind.
4: Right. Andy Cole, Pye, Pye, can you just pause like that? For anyone listening, that's not a drum, that's a dupe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think at this point, in the late 90s, the dupe was put a glint <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Dion's <laughs> eye. <laughs> What's surprising about this is how little of the song is actually Andy Cole. Yeah, Yeah, this this is it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is it. Wow. I'm sure. I'm sure this is it. (laughs)
4: This (laughs) is it.
2: That's beside my mind. Yeah, but
4: this is... What is surprise. Surprise, (laughs) surprise.
1: I feel like Michael Apple.
4: Andy
0: Cole break it down. Tell the world my name, who's that Andy Cole? I blaze the scene. Throw
3: the glow, keep my eyes yeah. on the prize, my inspiration to celebrate life to rock the
0: nation.
2: I mean it's so rubbish.
0: <laughs> it's so, it's rubbish.
2: so rubbish.
4: <laughs> So, for people, we'll put the video on the website. Yeah. Um, but um, mainly
1: Cole yeah. driving. Yeah, it's mainly him. It's mainly him. Actually, I think in fairness, he's in the passenger He's seat. in the passenger He's a responsible seat. rapper. He doesn't uh, rap while he's driving.
2: He, Are you checking yeah, out? Yeah, Are you checking out? out. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm scared I haven't got this right.
1: But um, do we know where it charted at? I don't, but I, I'm pretty sure it did chart. It, well, it must have to make the Now list, mate. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> that, that's starting to call I, into question the whole integrity of the Now franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, is it possible that you were able to bribe your way onto there?
4: We'll leave it with uh, with Michael. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a classic yeah. Michael question. Chip in when you've got it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, How does something like that come about? Like, he's Andy Cole's going, I want a rap career,
4: isn't he? I d- I yeah, I wonder, know. what's the end game there? Does he think, this is a genuine question, if that had been brilliant, yeah. so if that had been Jay-Z's 99 Problems, yeah. would Andy Cole's... 99 problems,
1: <laughs> 99 problems, but a pitch, one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would pro- Nice. This is
4: lovely stuff. <laughs> um, would his previous career as a striker mean that he was never taken seriously
1: as a rapper? I don't know, actually. I get The thing is, I think you have to be... Any career change... Yeah, you, as, you drastic as, be, as drastic as that. As drastic as that, it has to be outstanding <laughs> now no. hello um, no. have you, have so to...
0: yeah, Andy Cole update so you have to reach a position in the top 75 to be classified as charting in the UK charts oh of course okay. and uh, his song reached number 68 yes hello
2: <laughs> oh no, that counts
0: for one week <laughs> before it dropped back out of the
1: charts yeah. and do we know
0: if it made it onto now uh, oh no, I didn't research that. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that well, that
1: really is calling into question the integrity. This is now need... that's what I call music's Watergate. moment yeah. <laughs> So, because I was looking for Andrew Cole outstanding, yeah, that led me to something which I really didn't know existed. It is a song called "The Right Way" by Ian Wright that was released in 1993. Chris just Chris just thought it was a guy. <laughs> 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 it's absolutely incredible. Now, again, I didn't Did you know, know this, this existed,
2: Chris? No, I didn't know this existed.
1: Now, what I will say about this is that as much as it is obviously weird and hilarious, <laughs> Ian Wright's voice is absolutely exquisite. <laughs> the opening of the video is a white hand and a black hand fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> A metaphor! So... <laughs> oh, if you press escape...
4: Take that it's a, racism. Like that.
2: It's, a, it's a young Ian Wright. Yeah, it's a young Ian Wright. It's can, wearing, can I just
4: say, Ian Wright's wearing a hat that I'd describe as... previously seen on as on Tinker
1: from Lovejoy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that, that is a deep <laughs> cut, <laughs> Even for you, that is a deep <laughs> 90s
1: cut. <laughs> it's The video is sort of... Um, him like walking around the streets in black and white in that way that a lot of 90s youth TV used to have but now he's just uh, he's in a studio in full color but what I like about this song yeah his voice is actually all right do
2: you know what this is actually all right it's not bad (laughs)
3: it's genuinely not not bad bad.
2: this is
1: Listen, I'm, I'm an English literature student. I'm uh, fond of analysing uh, the lyrics of poetry, which this is, absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, it's in that category. And the lyrics of this song and Outstanding by Andrew Cole really are just about, you know, extolling the virtues of hard work. Andrew yeah. Cole even says that his high wasn't from drugs, it was hitting the back of the neck. Wow. I mean, <laughs> and it's like. It's Kipling esque. <laughs> <laughs> The only disappointing thing, and I don't know whether this is a YouTube misnomer, is the song is called Do The Right Thing, but uh, "right" is spelled R-I-G-H-T. So they have shanked an absolute girl <laughs> <ungodly laughs> here. They are going to be so <laughs> embarrassed when they realise that Ian Wright's surname is also right. <laughs> they have made a real mess.
4: Right. So, we come to the reason we meet today. <laughs> Now, I remembered the 90s documentary, Premier Passions, as one of the great football documentaries. Yeah.
2: (laughs) If you don't know what it is, it's a documentary that follows Peter Reid and the Sunderland team in the 96-97 season. Yeah. Um, They've just come up the season. Their first season in the Premier League. It's a transitional period for the club. They're leaving Roker Park and just about to move into the Stadium of Light. And I remember watching it at the time, thinking this is brilliant. And when we when we were coming up with ideas of things to do a watch along for, yeah. Premier Passions was like number two on our list yeah. of great <laughs> '90s football documentaries.
4: Uh, it's five
1: parts. Yeah, we
4: have watched the first two. Yeah.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> where do we? Where do we? Get, where do we begin? Like, can niche? I just say, what have you done to me? <laughs> because like. It wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy you remember, it. Did you remember it? I do remember it. But what I remember, I sort of remember it as like a sort of funny, like, yeah. a sort of count, footballing counterpoint to tantrums and tiaras. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, where, that's where it sits in my memory of the 90s. Yeah. Like, I remember that everyone thought it was really funny because Peter Reed was like, yeah, it's sort of... Um, you know, screaming at his players and it's sort of generally unravelling. Now I watch it and it is like a Ken Loach film. (laughs) And ironically, not like Ken Loach's one film about football, Looking for Eric, which is actually very jolly. (laughs) This is bleak as all hell. It was like an HBO like six-part drama oh. and i'm thinking specifically of a hbo six-part drama i watched recently called show me a hero which is sort of all about uh housing policy in yonkers new york yeah. in the 80s yeah. and it has that kind of like gritty sort of you know you're moving towards inexorably towards tragedy but it has this kind of boring administration <laughs> the boredom oh there's it's... a
4: bit in this where so we'll go through it chronologically at one point, but the bit where I thought, "What am I doing here?" was the bit where there's just a family buying their season
1: tickets. <laughs> like, yeah. I have to say uh, that that was the point for me where I was like, "Was this scripted by David Simon?" Like, I was like, "This is extraordinary." It was gripping human drama, yeah. but it was so depressing because, yeah. like, that family are all talking about they, the, met, in the, they, they met. The mum and dad met in the room that they're buying their season tickets yeah. in. That's exactly yeah. right it was the Black Cat Club in Broker Park and they've come there to buy their season tickets for the new stadium there's so much hope in the air and the whole time the narration which is by Gina McKee who's apparently a massive Sunderland fan and the whole time the narration is like but who knew that this would lead to tragedy (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's one bit where she goes but Wimbledon will come back (laughs) to (laughs) life
4: can I just let's go from the start so the opening gambit when I thought this might not be what I was hoping was when pre credit they've chosen a bit of Peter Reed. Yeah. And the bit they have chosen is um you've just got to stick the ball in the back of the net yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think, is you that got... the best thing that <laughs> you thought know we're gonna get
0: over the last few weeks we've learnt how hard it is because we played well in games and they got nothing out of it. And if you don't stick the ball in the net when you're on top at this level, you get beaten
1: games and it's
0: it's a lesson you gotta learn quick or your history.
1: What I like about that is he says, at this level, it's really all about sticking the ball in the back of the net. As if like in the lower leagues, it <laughs> yeah, yeah, comes yeah. into the yeah. result. Yeah. The yeah. End, it's, it's throw-ins, like... it's throw-ins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this. Kick for touch.
2: <laughs> I think as well, the things about great documentaries, you never think about the team making the documentary. With this, I was like, why have they stuck this bit? In? Like, what, what are they trying to say with this? Like, this bit doesn't make sense. Constantly, I'm questioning the documentary makers, and
1: I'm like, it's not the, the roller coaster laugh ride or like. No, I, ride really, I really remembered it as a thing that we all thought was funny because it was yeah. Peter Reed shouting. Now I'm watching it, you know. 15 years later and I'm watching it like a horror movie because the whole thing is like well we're into the premiership so I guess we now just spend absolutely oh. loads of money on a new stadium <laughs> the,
4: so the bit that kind of we all remember 5 minutes 40 is the first sight
1: you get of what I remember which is Reed being that's what. Reed. yeah that was yeah. what I remember the whole mm. document in my head the whole documentary was just yeah. like two hours of him screaming it yeah so
4: this five minutes 40 is when you get the first real taste <laughs> of, of what we all signed up for that's fucking shite and it's
0: not about fucking tactics and them being great players it's about fucking arsehole which they've got fucking more on the fucking day so fucking get on with it tell you what that is, fucking men against fucking boys all over the fucking park. You're fucking weak as piss, they are.
4: (laughs) Fucking weak as piss. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say the bit in the middle where it goes quiet... Is him moving from the dressing room into another room, <laughs> yeah.
1: continuing the same round. I like the idea that he switched rooms because, like, if you hadn't seen the first part, you'd assume, oh, so he kept it together in the room, and now he's just going out. To vent. <laughs> yeah. It's just him venting, and then going into a different room and just continuing to vent at the same level.
2: Yeah, we should say as well that kind of that meltdown he has then is due to Efana Koku oh, scoring yeah. a brace, and Efana Koku has come up time and again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like yeah. people, he seems like quite a character so (laughs) it's interesting to see yeah so
4: you think it's going to be a bit more glorious yeah Yeah. and then 8 minutes in they reveal that the big summer signing was Tony Cotum who uh, who broke his leg in 5 places but he said he didn't realise it's later on in the documentary he yeah. says that
2: he doesn't realise he did like that much damage to his leg but five places <laughs> right? it's like yeah, yeah. it
1: like, must have really been limp <laughs> what's extraordinary about yeah. it is he's like I thought maybe one yeah. <laughs> but not five
4: <laughs> um, and then Tony Cohen throughout the documentary keeps Turning up he's at like, yeah, like yeah. training pitch yeah, yeah. In crutches You're like Why are you at the training pitch <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's in a hotel room On an away day You're like You're not going to get a game
2: <laughs> The other big So the other big signing as well I think is uh, Niall Quinn yeah. Who First shot he appears in, in the documentary Is walking a couple of horses <laughs>
1: <laughs> And you're like Oh, come on, come on, Niall, try a little bit harder, mate. I know we all know you're Irish. <laughs> it's also great because in that same clip, Niall Quinn goes on to say, "I just really feel like I've I've not got the respect of my teammates." And it's like maybe you need to spend a little less time with the horses, yes. and maybe a little more time hanging out with them. That might be mainly mainly the reason that you haven't got their respect is because they're like down the stables. I'm <laughs> <a bit laughs> guy.
4: Um, the narration's pretty rubbish as well
1: yeah but the one
2: bit of narration around kind of 16 minutes that got my attention Peter Reid had 3 million pounds in shares yeah yeah how much power I mean it comes up time and again in this documentary but he has got so much power at that club and he's only been there like 2 years and the board everyone just seems to defer to his wisdom yeah which there's a bit a kind of constant narrative that he doesn't want to buy it and he doesn't want to spend money for the sake of it. it of three million money. pounds. Think, <laughs>
4: <yeah>. <laughs> there's an amazing bit where he's there, there's this constant search for a striker, he yeah. can't buy a striker, and then it goes to tribunal for a player from Hartlepool, yeah, yeah, and it goes to 150 grand and he pulls yeah, out like, as he feels it's too costly, yeah,
1: and you're like, Well, if you don't think he's worth that he's not going to be good enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's <that. laughs> yeah it's probably a player you valued at a sort of cool 100k is going to be yeah. the one who's going to turn yeah. around your season <laughs> yeah. for you no, this isn't
2: 1956 right? <laughs> <Like>, you know <laughs> well I wasn't I thought
1: that but even but the sums of money are fascinating especially yeah. when you consider like if this is within our living memory Niall Quinn broke the club record at 1.3 yeah. million like, Yeah, that's yeah. that's absolutely extraordinary. No, Quinn yeah.
4: turned out to be good for them. He did, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it was just in that first season he yeah. sort of arrived and immediately got injured. <laughs> but I just found the whole thing quite... And I think maybe what we're learning is that this documentary is showing us how we've changed emotionally as individuals. Because when we were all teenagers and this was on, it was, as you say, a sweary, hilarious laugh writer. But now you're just like, oh, God, those poor people. (laughs) (laughs) They're only trying to earn a living. Yeah, they're only trying to earn... Also, this is phenomenal mismanagement. (laughs) If we're learning more about ourselves yeah, than we are about yeah. Sunderland. Yeah, think. Yeah. Because, like, some of it was just harrowing. There's one bit, quite early on in the documentary, where they're like, where the narration sort of is saying, you know, for a lot of people, you know, this is a, a, a way of life. And uh, they even go to the stadium on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and there's a man like, just standing at the site of where the Stadium of Light will be, just holding on to a fence, yeah. like that nightmare Sarah Connor has in terms <laughs> <laughs> like, it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, like. that is a weird.
4: I've forgotten yeah.
2: about them, going. And people up. are tied yeah. little ribbons on their security fence That's around right, the same yeah. night.
1: And it was like this whole thing about this So, the whole beginning of the documentary set Sunderland up as a place that was given city status to make up for the fact that the coal yeah. mining industry was shut down. Mm. And Jim McKee in the narration says, A city without a cathedral until now <laughs> and so it's like and the fact that it's called the Stadium of oh, Light yeah. it has this weird like religious yeah. significance yeah, to yeah, the whole yeah, area yeah. and so it's like all this it's all of the future of this whole region seems to be bound up and then Peter this- Reed won't spend 150 grand yeah.
4: on his
1: <laughs> Get the checkbook back out, Jay Christ! No, no, no! I don't
4: yeah, fancy him. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: I like when know when they
4: float on the stock market. Yeah, and it's in, it's in like what it looks like the bar of a cricket club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a local social club, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. and it, and every decision that they make, it's like it's properly like Greek tragedy. Like yeah. it's every success, you can see the seed of what's gonna be the tragedy at the end of this because they just they get into the Premier League and it's actually a really great parable about like modern football and basically an A to Z guide of how not to run a promoted club. <laughs> like that's the bleep thing. It's yeah, like they yeah. get into the Premier League and yeah. they're just immediately like, well, you gotta spend money to make money, but not on players. <laughs> 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 like at every element. It's like they immediately yeah. build a forty two thousand seat C- a stadium. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's what, just I, what I also love
4: is the things that they think of the future. So there's there's a few mess <laughs> times when they go, Yeah, we've got sky money and then then there's going to be pay per view.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they say that this
4: is the, the, the absolute silver bullet. Yeah, <laughs> That's the future of yeah. Sunderland
1: Football Club Yeah. is yeah. that people around the world are going to be pay per viewing
4: them. I tell you what, people
1: are going to be listening to the audio of games on mini disc. <laughs> <laughs> So th- I think it's around
2: thirty-four minutes. Peter Reed cracks under the pressure to sign someone, and, that- and they have a little. P- I say oh, a press conference. God. It's a guy talking to two local journalists in oh, this, is, and this it's weird. Paul I mean, it's Paul Bracewell. Yeah, oh, it's Paul Bracewell. As yeah. so he said, "Well, son, this Israeli kid. He's like, yeah. should we,
4: we watch? Should we play the clip yeah. out? Yeah. Because okay. I just say before that, um, one of the, my favourite people is there's an old guy that works at the club who gets interviewed about how he hates short passing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. there's two guys there's two guys who are like involved in keeping people out of I think like yeah, the like members the area the yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's like it's almost like torture because they're massive lifelong Sunderland <laughs> <semblant> fans <players laughs> they and can't... they're being paid to face away from the game yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah
2: they can't watch it there's a bit where one they communicate to each other the score like there's a bit where they're four 0 down at one point and one one guy at the end of the tunnel just hands up with four fingers and see everybody <laughs> the other. and his mate just goes oh god <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love that no, he that. just goes yeah. short
4: passing. It's not skillful. Yeah, he's yeah. more skillful when people have run at players and stuff.
1: <laughs> but also, like it's that thing again of Peter Reid. He's like he has just such noble ambitions. Yeah, like, he's, he's, playing, like, he's always he going about playing good football. Keeps on yeah. saying, if we get it on the floor, we can, you know, we can do. They can't live with you. They can't live with
3: you if you get yeah, it on the yeah, floor. Yeah.
1: And it's you know, again, it's like a more pragmatic manager mm. might have come into the division and said, listen, let's be realistic. We had the same team that was in Division One. Yeah. and i'm not going to spend more than 100k on anyone so maybe let's just <laughs> maybe let's just pop it in the mix and yeah. it's in the You know, like, i can't imagine i don't there's no way a documentary with this amount of access could get made now no. i don't think no. but if there was like a comparable one for big sam i'm not sure big like play on, <laughs> big sam is a crystal palace right now being like just it in the air <laughs> for the love of god kick it in the air right should we watch this clip yeah
4: it's wait and see time with Peter, who he's going to bring in. But it's uh, he's he's crying for a midfield player and a striker right now. I'll be happy if Gaza comes here. I'm not particularly bothered what Newcastle fans are going to say about it.
0: If you stand still in football, you don't stand still. You fall behind. You've always got to keep up with the game and improve your squad. I mean, the players. I've got a smashing bunch of players. Great atmosphere, but everybody knows in football you've always got to improve, and that's what i That's what I've tried to do from day one. But I have. At this moment in time, the financial cloud to do, but I won't be panicked. I'll do it in my own time. On the players, I think will improve the squad.
1: The next day, the prayers of the fans were answered. Peter had found his new striker, Ronan Harazi, an Israeli international. Assistant manager Paul Bracewell broke the news to the eager you. press.
0: He's a forward, forward, yeah, striker. Through the middle striker,
3: yeah,
4: through the middle striker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What I love is the third question. What are the three things you want to know about a new siren? So we've got, he's a forward. He's a forward. So
1: we've got what, what is his position?
4: Yeah, number two. How old is yeah. he? After? He's 25. He's 25. How old is he? What's the third one?
1: Um, I think his flight this morning was on like
4: uh, 10, well I think he's on the 10 to 10 flight this morning. Uh-huh. And he was on the
3: 10 to 10 <laughs> flight this
1: morning!
2: was I going 10 to 10? Are you sure? <laughs>
1: We think he uh, visited Yo Sushi at the airport. He seems to have gone through customs with absolutely no problem. No. I'd never heard of this
4: guy. No. Had you? No. No, no. Have you Googled yeah, him? Yeah, I've just Googled him, yeah. Oh, yeah, so what... So, well, so well, well, let's, should we just say yeah. what happened? So I thought, well, he must have sunk without trace, but then it turns out he's got more injuries than Tony Coates <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't pass the medical. Yeah.
2: But a pretty thorough medical as well. He's in MRI scans. Mercer yeah. told us he signed like two years after that for Villa, and they just flicked his knee and had a look in the book like, so suddenly they are pretty advanced he's, there's like, a scene where is it um, Kevin Ball they've been stung by Coton <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's a scene where the captain the captain's at the medical isn't it Kevin Ball's
1: at the, the, yeah, uh, he's the a... mind, yeah.
2: but then they sit there and they're, they're laughing because he's in bits this striker like he is yeah, like, he's, got literally.
1: Like, he's got like he's got like I think he's got some kind an of 18 inch pin in his leg <laughs> he's got, yeah he does yeah he has an 18 inch nail in his leg <laughs> which leads one of the journalists to go whoa Goodness, sounds like RoboCop up front. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. he's got like, a, yeah, his, his knees, are, both of his
2: knees are in bits, but I just had to look at his playing record. So if, if someone had assigned him, he would have played like two games over the next two years. Oh, so wow. He hardly played. Where did played. he go in the end? He, end? he ended up going to UD Salamanca.
1: So yeah. but also, what I love is the idea that you're like, right, we're really in it here. We're struggling to stay in the Premier League. We need a solution. Where do we turn? Israel. <laughs> <laughs> we go straight to Israel Those guys are going to Krav my the ball Straight into the back of the net yeah.
4: Could I play one of my other favourite clips That comes just after this Which is when two of the injured players This is Kevin Ball and someone else On the pitch before a game Discussing yeah. what you're up to yeah. Villa away If you're an injured player
1: There's not a lot we can do now We've Still got an hour and Set 20 minutes an I'm just taking to keep out of the way Or you know, if the lads need anything
4: we go and ask so sort I've of asked him if we can help him anyway, and then in the end you just feel like you're getting in the
1: way so you just disappear, go and get a cup of tea somewhere, have a read and go back in for the game just to wish him all the best. See so was in enough room on that bench. Well, yeah, and we're just it? arguing about the bench, who's going to sit where on it. We'll have fights like buggery on the bench today as well. It's one of them standy up benches. Yeah.
3: Let's have a look Come on, we'll have a look at the bench.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that that sums the documentary <laughs> up, doesn't it? it, <laughs> yeah. sums it up. So that wasn't, That wasn't left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those standy up benches. Yeah. As well.
1: <laughs> I, I have to say, I was compelled by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. This was long form Forty
4: five minutes of that. I'd have bought. I, the bits I wasn't that fussed about were the bits outside the club. really because that was fascinating to me by the way when they say have a bit of a read I just know it's Kevin Ball he was holding a copy of FHA (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: that's how Ballie got injured (laughs) Um, but I just at every stage there's just this air of sort of Oh god, everything is going wrong. Like yeah, everything yeah. is going wrong. And there's a bit where it really gives you a hint of what's going wrong because there's sort of a, just an interview with Pete Reed where he's like, "Yeah, I just feel absolutely confident. Feel you know, like we, we, we're on our day, we're as good as anybody." Yeah. And then he just he, and it's broad daylight outside, and you just slowly see him bring a can of beer up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. really? I'm not sure <laughs> everything is well. <laughs> We <laughs> couldn't believe that it was a can of Budweiser. Yeah, it was a can of Budweiser. Like- <laughs> his desk.
4: <laughs> the other thing on his desk that blew my mind. There's another scene where he's just got a copy of World Soccer the magazine. Yes, I know no,
1: yes. <laughs> he gets his information (laughs) but that was because that again like it's another really interesting problem that I think a lot of Premier League managers face where he is sort of scouring the world because English players have a sort of inflated value so he's looking to other players I mean he obviously went straight to Tel Aviv but you know most people go to sort of Rio or Buenos Aires there's another scene where he's in his office and
2: they're interviewing him and as they're interviewing him he's picking tickets up from his desk and putting them in envelopes (laughs) and stealing the envelope What are you doing? You're the ticket office as well. Like, How much multitasking are you getting done? You're the manager of this football club. Haven't you got a PA?
1: But what are you doing? (laughs) They want sign one, <laughs> mate. He, he interviewed one, but then they went to tribunal and he's oh, "She's not worth. She's <laughs> not worth seven fifty yeah, an 20
2: hour. Twenty grand a year." I put the tickets in the like myself. Thank you very much.
1: But that's what the whole time you sort of assume that Peter Reed is covering for the board, yeah. and they're like yeah. not giving him the money. But then he actually is with the board, and they're like, "We support Peter one hundred percent. Whatever yeah. he says." I genuinely think they trust him. I genuinely yeah. think. Yeah. They, yeah. like
4: they... Well, he got them promoted the year before. Mm. Peter Reid, who's now considered a bad manager, he finished fifth with Man City when Man City were rubbish. That's right, yeah. And then he took over Sunderland, got them promoted. So at this point, Peter Reid's stock, bearing in mind also he was
1: like an amazing player who was
4: very influential at that great Everton team, his stock must have been sky
1: high. Yeah. Yeah. They refer to him in the narration as the Scally Messiah. (laughs) (laughs) Is what a, a nickname! An, an, an extraordinary wrestling <laughs> name. If Peter Reed had ever got into WWF, that would have been absolutely extraordinary. Um, but yeah, his stock is his stock is sky high, and it's hard to yeah. realize when you're watching it now. You're like, why has Peter Reed <laughs> just got this absolute Guardiola? Well, just yeah. A yeah. Weird yeah.
4: moment where they have a meeting with the banks at the end of episode one. Yeah, yeah. who have. I don't really understand finance, but somehow they financed they, the flotation they, or yeah. something. Yeah, that's right, yeah. They and the banks a are a bit worried because they've got eight games without <laughs> a victory. <laughs> and then during the meeting, so he's in a boardroom. Yeah. They're all round the table and then it cuts and Peter Eats just walking around and looking at the trophy. <laughs> <panel>. <laughs> <And> then- <laughs>
1: Be also, he's like everyone else is in a suit and He's in like a polo shirt. Like it's almost like a scene of like it's like a scene in a bad movie where they're having like a business meeting. And he's wearing a leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, being like, "Whatever squares. If anyone wants me, I'll be in Coolsville, USA." <laughs> but the,
4: yeah, it's a very weird scene. But then he does sit down, and that's when he says,
2: "Yeah, they really grill him, don't they? Like they yeah. say you need to spend you need to spend money." And he yeah. basically says, "I'm not going to be. Yeah, I'm not. I have to see the valley."
1: To actually that, spend money. That's when the, the whole thing blew wide open for me. Yeah. Because yeah. initially I was thinking the whole time. Oh, I wonder if this is you know just him covering for the board. But they yeah. they were not they were prepared to give him money. Yeah. But also, in amongst all of this, there's a particularly uh, windy night in the northeast where Arsenal do get beaten by Sunday. Absolutely textbook, even back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, through all of this, he just seems to have this kind of idea. Like he's almost like. It's like this. He's like Don Quixote or Fitzcarraldo or something. Mm. Like he has this like really high-minded idea that he wants football to be played well, and yeah. he also wants it. It's almost like he. You don't remember Peter Reed as being that guy. No, no.
4: no I don't not remember at all. him as being like the purist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think you're say yeah, the Scally yeah, yeah. Messiah. Yeah, the Scally <laughs> Messiah. I don't remember <laughs> him. That's <just> Peter Reed. <laughs> Um, can we talk about my my favourite character aside from Peter Reed is the assistant Bobby Saxton? <laughs> oh and yes. And there's like 42 did. minutes he gives a, a team talk. I think after like I don't losing a, 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 a half time and it's just like doesn't make any sense. It's rambling. <laughs> yeah, he's like, good at board. You're fucking. Like, you get on your eye, tore your ass, and then he's like he's off like into the like the players are like.
4: He uses an amazing. Uh, uh, just I couldn't believe it. He describes their football as minging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does say
1: some of the football is absolutely. <laughs> i <laughs> 65-year-old <laughs> where, where did you pick up the phrase? But also what I love about it is the fact that I don't know whether this is a phrase that's just common in Sutherland, but it is like, oh, you've got to show a bit more arsehole. Like, just, like, they constantly say, like in the Wimbledon game, they say, that, i tell you what, it's uh, they've got more arsehole than you. And I've never heard of it being used as a substitute for like bottle or like guts or whatever. Show so a bit more
4: Oh, um, <laughs> so the start of episode, okay, episode, episode two, two. We've watched two episodes. The start of episode two begins with them at a, a spa, p- pretty cheap looking <laughs> spa. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't say that as like as if I'm the guy that goes to expensive <laughs> spas, but I say that as if I presumed that even in the nineties, a football club would go. Five star. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reedy though has gone. We're yeah, not, yeah. We're, I went we're to a not spending on with this. hundred <laughs> pounds. There's a travel lodge and a leisure <laughs> centre
1: down the road that is perfectly <laughs> adequate. <laughs> travel lodge and a leisure centre.
4: <laughs> so at this spot, for me, the clip of the day, and for the, one of my greatest clips <laughs> of the <this>, day, <laughs> I, know, I would say? describe this as the worst anecdote that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit lengthy. But I'm gonna play it out in full because it has to be heard to be believed. It's absolutely Cause... extraordinary. All right, so this is former Tottenham and Liverpool midfielder Paul Stewart. No.
2: Can I say before you listen as well, that I actually rewound this four times because <laughs> I was trying to listen to the story to see if there was something I'd missed. Because <laughs> the story, I was like, I'm, am I getting this? So just, when you listen to this, concentrate, because it does not make sense. And I don't understand. <laughs> as an
3: anecdote. Oh, afterwards we'll discuss it. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Kevin does everything precise you know when we're going to away games uh, on the friday it's right tomorrow it's white t-shirt for traveling gray bottoms for the game red t-shirt gray bottoms so i uh, i went round the lads one day and we um i said next time he says it i'll say a code word i can't remember exactly what the code word was. it could it could have been uh, oh i'll tell you what it was it was skipper so we got everybody in and he said um we were travelling on the train up from Durham here to um, play in Arsenal and he went, right, it's red t-shirt to travel, grey bottoms, blue t-shirt for the game. So I just went, skipper, and we went away and everybody turned up in the opposite shirt to Kevin. But he didn't find the funny side of it, he, he actually thought, have I got it wrong? Did I actually get this wrong? I can't believe I've got it. Because we didn't tell him straight away, I mean, we, we were, it was when... We were on the train, and Tony Colton again rang me up and said... And I was sat opposite Kevin, so... And Tony's asking me, what happened, how did he go on? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah, he's just sat here. And Barley went, I know what's happened now, you know, but that is how he is. He's so intense on it, and he loves getting you. If you come in with the wrong coloured shirt on, (laughs) fining you. Or if you're two two seconds late for dinner, it's a fine. (laughs)
2: oh man I mean, it's such a painful anecdote isn't that that? Is...
0: you know when you start telling a story you think is funny <laughs> and it, it doesn't get in the laugh when you expect it to Early so you, you keep yeah. going yeah. and you're scrambling uh,
1: can, I ju- <laughs> can I just say I've had gigs like that anecdote. I mean how that made the edit it's incredible <laughs> it's all part of the tapestry
4: it's a rich but also tapestry. what I love about that is that is the the first and last speaking appearance by Paul <laughs> <laughs> But what I don't understand, not to pick apart the anecdote too much, but so, <laughs> so he said, if I say skipper, we'll switch the... And then the next time he does it and he says skipper, and you think... Just say, next time he does it, Just we'll do yeah, like, it! Yeah. not need the water. It, it means, wasn't an in-the-room experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it didn't mean that. Yeah, and
2: then no, really. we went away.
4: What this needs is a code word.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so not to arouse his suspicions.
1: It's a choice of t-shirt and jogging bottoms,
2: not zero dark 30, like... Just... The only thing I liked is that he said Kevin Ball didn't see the funny side of it, like he had a, an existential crisis <laughs> about what the world was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just had like a meltdown when everyone turned up in the wrong shirt. And also, to be fair to Kevin Ball, he was—he re- sort of had seconds to react. We've watched this clip <laughs> a number of times, and none of the four of us can see the funny side a it. I mean, just are like professional comedians, we can't—we <laughs> can't see. We couldn't funniest. make that work. We couldn't make that any no, work. work.
4: I wonder what. The question was that... I'd love to see the (laughs) unedited bit of that Paul Stewart interview.
0: I bet somebody said, you've got to speak to Paul. He's got a great,
3: great story. He's got an absolute... Ask him about the shirts. Ask him about the
0: shirts. (laughs) (laughs) And he was so confident. He set up the camera. He hasn't filmed any cutaways. He's got a second camera. So he's got to commit to the whole anecdote.
1: But what I I also love in terms of... like, I think
4: Paul's (laughs) (laughs) self-recorded.
1: He's done it on a GoPro. (laughs) What I love about it is we get so much detail on that anecdote. But there is a, a fan who appears, I think, right at the end of episode one, I think, who's like the head of the South Shields, fan association, <laughs> yeah. right? And he sat there and he's talking about how the club is his life. And it's this really like amazing speech. Yeah. But the problem is, as a viewer, you're not really taking it in because the whole time you're thinking, where's your ear? There's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah. a chunk of his ear missing. I know. And he just oh. keeps going on. And he's talking about how much he loves the club. And it's this really brilliant, sort of passionate speech. And he has this, it's really like, it's quite profound, but he's like, it just dictates your whole day. 16 yeah. hours sometimes, travelling to and from the game, and that 90 minutes, it dictates your mood for the whole day, and it can be, you know, it can be amazing. And then just like, there's a pause where the cameraman has just obviously had enough, and he goes, What happened here? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get almost no detail. He goes, Yeah, well, uh, uh, Newcastle fan bit it off. <laughs> He and, said, and he then said, oh. Oh, uh, it, was a, "It was a sort of it was an argument about football." I say, once you've bitten someone's ear off, that has escalated beyond yeah. the yeah. boundaries of argument. <laughs> that is at least a skirmish. Yeah, no. And he's like, "Yeah, Newcastle fan, bit it off." And then, and then he goes, "That's life." That isn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's not normal. It was just—it's amazing. No detail whatsoever. No. Yeah. Uh, from this blow. Yeah.
4: So amazing. part two, episode two, starts with a long period they spend in this hotel. Yeah. yeah. And then we see them in their hotels the night before the games, which is a really surprising kind of bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because
4: once again... I thought they'd have been in a better hotel. Yeah.
2: Uh, they walk into the hotel room and there is water all over the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's, it is, it's not a hotel, as you, it's a B&B. Yeah. Like, it yeah. looks like a B&B. There's some of those electric like 80s radiators on the wall. Yeah. and yeah. Then, who's it? I can't remember who's, who's like, bedroom we walk into, but like it's horrible little twin beds stuck together. You're like, this it's, is I a Premier League
1: football, is it, is it football Tony Cotons, yeah, Tony because t- he's turned up. It's so, <laughs> so bleak. It's so
2: bleak. You're a football team. And you're in the Premier League like why were you staying
1: Peter Reid again spend a
2: bit of money <laughs>
1: <again>. <laughs> this is terrible it's yeah. extraordinary like it really is amazing because, like, at points, I was like, was this the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what you also forget is, like... It was almost like, the 2000s. It was,
4: it was late 90s. Yeah. yeah.
2: And in that initial period as well, they're in there, I think that there's a... Someone says something that alludes to the fact that Kevin Ball can find players <laughs> yeah, as captain. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And that blew my mind. Yeah. Like, if they el- la- it's If they're late for dinner, or if presumably he's been skippered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other interesting bit is on the way
2: to the away game. I think they're in. The, they're in the coach, and they're playing with pornographic. Yeah. Porn <laughs> playing yeah. cards. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. they're playing a bit of card games. Yeah. Then they've gone like they've pixelised the the offensive cards they're playing with. And I'm like, the production value you've poured into that ten <laughs> seconds just to demonstrate they're playing with pornographic cards. Like the production, the the, the amount of effort. The,
0: yeah. the
1: production, the documentary team have put on certain aspects of this production. Yeah. It's just like completely out of whack. Well, and also, the yeah. editorial standards are sort of all over the place because it's like pornographic playing cards get blurred out, and then we smash cut up to Beat Reaping like, if you don't get your fucking arsehole <laughs> out, I'm a fucking thing like your fucking arsehole, yeah. your fucking butt, yeah. <laughs> like, show some arsehole, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then, like, okay, a pair of breasts is like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. whoa. I draw the this line is... there. Yeah, the yeah. time
4: it was shown, I seem to. Run... It has to be quite sure has yeah. to be
1: because the like 5 minutes in he's using the phrase fuck your fucking yeah. assholes fucking out whatever <laughs> yeah. it is
2: and um, but then we get to the game it's Blackburn versus Sunderland and the teams walk out of the dressing room uh, and the teams walk out of the tunnel sorry Ewood Park and the referee at the front Looks like Jeff Capes. <laughs> he's got a massive beard. He's got a gut. And I like—I don't remember referees looking like this. I meant to look at him up, but like this referee, he's in no fit state to run around on a football. I'll like, have to find out who he is. He's got a massive beard.
4: You're like... not going to argue with Jeff Capes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 yeah. So now like, towards the end like 29 minutes in the second episode, we see a few members of the board drinking in Reedy's Bar. Oh, like, yeah. Like, they just opened their seats to <laughs> Peter Reed own like bar and they say they have a little bit of a superstition where they drink three cans of bud three cans of bud so this is the board of Sundance getting pissed and the manager's bar claiming it's superstition and oh, we didn't do it in the last game we lost well we better do it today yeah. and obviously they get hammered anyway
1: but and also this is like the board of a, a club that by this point was sort of I think worth kind of 30 or 40 million yeah. quid yeah. and they drink
4: drinking cans of <laughs> bud in Reedy's like, bar, in
1: Rigi's. Rigi's bar. <laughs>
4: What I love is then you come to this bit where they talk about the design of the new ground. Oh man! Yeah. Oh, it's.
2: Do you know what, I- what's interesting is a little kind of side note to this conversation we're about to have is that the guy who owns Sunderland at this point made his money with kitchen
4: fitting. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So,
2: like, so it, it, you know, you're, they're alluding to the fact he's got an eye for detail. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: So they, first you have this argument over the pitch, <laughs> but the argument I like is over the design of the seemingly the reception of the executive area. Yeah. And then the bathrooms. Um, the argument is it's been fitted out in what they just one person describes as a Terence Conran style. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a very modern thing, they've got kind of a circular reception desk. Yeah. But the other guys don't like the style. There's a discussion over whether there's bits they can keep, and one guy's no. <laughs> it's like you need to go all in with the Terence Comrades or yeah. not at all yeah. you can't just have the taps. <laughs> but then the, the one guy describes what he wants the one thing he wants in the reception area which is a chandelier <laughs> <laughs> You've got to properly illuminate your
1: cans of Bud, yeah, Josh. Yeah. Come on!
2: I know. Imagine this change for them, like going from Reedy's Bar and cans of Bud to like, to like, essentially, like, yeah, like, like the upper class on Titanic. Which is an I, and,
1: and yeah, it's so perfect. It's yeah, such a yeah, perfect yeah. reference. Like, the, it's deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. It's, it's chandeliers <laughs> yeah. at the stadium. Yeah, like, yeah. like, it really is. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the you know, the, uh, by that point as well, in the yeah. mi- that's the middle of the second episode. Uh, the club is in free. Yeah, yeah, like... and they, they said no expense
2: spared on the carpets it's like you need a striker what are you doing, <laughs> doing? Yeah. Peter Reed's just walking around looking at the trophy cabinet they're like you would have the best taps in the Premier
3: League. Yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I see Reed is not going to tribunals for any of the porcelain work
4: <laughs> um, and then Ooh. they, the final game of episode 2 they yeah. play Manchester United yeah. So Manchester United who would have won the league that year, ninety seven, presumably. Nin-
1: 96, 97, yeah. yes, they did. And then yeah. Arsenal won seven eight, yeah. and yeah. then eight nine is the treble winning season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it would have been yeah. So Manu turn up.
4: What I like about Manu turn up is that all the Manu players are in suits. Yeah. Uh but Andy Cole, Andrew <laughs> Cole, yeah. Yeah. is in a suit, but he's worked out he he knows how to play the system because Fergus specified clearly you can wear a suit but he's not said whether you can wear a
3: <laughs> <laughs> so hat he's
4: wearing the same hat that Ian Wright is wearing in that video yeah. he's one of those wow. kind of Tinker so-
1: from Lovejoy <laughs> <laughs> Toad of Toad Hall it's, yeah, it's a sort of puffy beret <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of puffy beret <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs>
2: Outstanding yeah, out- Outstanding
1: <laughs> Andrew Carl yeah. um, And then they yeah, beat Man
2: U They beat Man U Yeah And that's the, just under the halfway point of Premier Passion <laughs> yeah.
1: That is And it's it, it, oh, It's
4: astonishing It's a great It it's, a, it's an amazing watch I've actually enjoyed more talking about it Yeah, the watch yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so
4: Substantially so Yeah like, like when we watched the Graham Taylor one We said I definitely If if, I'd definitely go back and watch that if you haven't seen it recently
1: I wouldn't bother yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean this is like four and a half hours long but yeah. I would say are I, you gonna go are, are you gonna watch the other three I th- I'm gonna watch the other are three are you yeah uh, I'm into uh, it uh, now go. that's the thing I'm now into it yeah, like, and I'm—I've sort of bought into a lot of the characters, like the groundsman, the Gra- who's like, we haven't even constantly discussed the talking groundsman. jealously about Arsenal's grass, <laughs> yeah. and then making reference to the fact that the pitch at Roker Park is covered in the ashes of Sunderland fans <laughs> who wanted yet. their ashes sprinkled there. And one of the things they're going to have to do at the Stadium of Light like, is like dig up some dirt because so many people have put their ashes on Roker Park to put it in like a special urn. And like, oh, wow. and what you're seeing is like the—it's the beginning of. Football separating into these two tiers of a sort of executive concerns yeah. and then the kind of workaday concerns. Well, there's concerns a very the weird moment when found. they're
4: building the stadium of light, where you can buy bricks. Yeah. So you can get right. have your yeah. name put in bricks, which they all do with new stages yeah, There's now. a
2: lovely scene with a family going, I'll have two. Do you want three? Yeah.
4: We can build a house. <laughs> <laughs> Just have one. Why do you need more than one brick? Just a family brick, <laughs> surely. Yeah, yeah, family brick's nicer.
3: <laughs> yeah, family brick. brick.
1: <laughs> um, it wasn't what I expected. No. No. It but was a lot more serious than I yeah, yeah. than yeah. I'd remember, all I remember. And there was a lot less Reed's access
4: to, to Peter Reed than I expected. Like yeah. I remembered it as almost a documentary about Peter Reed. Right,
1: yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of fan stuff. But there's a lot more access than you I cannot imagine that oh, equivalent but, documentary. No, no. Like I mean, as someone who is the brother of a person who has watched the whole of that Ronaldo triumph-of-the-will style documentary. <laughs> like, my, my brother was like, "It's what's weird is it, it's so interesting watching something that looks like, like a politician's campaign video, like the yeah, Ronaldo yeah. documentary. Yeah. Whereas back then, when you're talking about this, it's like, why? you know, we're in the dressing room at yeah, half time, yeah. yeah. why do you I think they did that? It. Well, this is the thing, you keep thinking, why have they given this person access? And it's sort of vanity. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Sunderland were like this is the great success story we've come out of uh, the First Division we're mm. into the Premier League we've got this exciting progressive young manager the Scally Messiah <laughs> the Scally Messiah we're going to go all the way to the top and we're going to show the ambition of Sunderland because we're building a new stadium yeah. and this documentary is going to be this like the jewel in the crown yeah. of how we sort yeah. of risen from the ashes the, the
4: problem is they did it because then it does kind of later on after this documentary documentary finishes they go down this year yeah but then they go back up and they look quite successful under Peter Reed. yeah for probably the time. best
2: they, I think up until that point they'd never finished in the top 10 didn't they say yeah, yeah.
4: yeah for years yeah, for, for years. years and years if they'd done this documentary two years later yeah like there was a season where they had Quinn and Phillips where they were yeah, brilliant yeah. in the Premier League yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah
1: they just chose yeah, Phillips, the wrong Kevin season it's called 30 goals yeah for Sunderland like and they out stadium
4: light and they were very successful yeah and they're kind of a yo yo club now, but they yeah, were, yeah. they did get successful.
1: Yeah. It's just in this story. It was, story. It's it just was this just, bit of the story yeah. it was like... not the
4: bit they wanted a documentary made about.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but also their priorities are just all over the place. Like, yeah. can you imagine now a new club being promoted to the Premier League and being like, Right, let's quadruple our stadium capacity or whatever it <laughs> is that they did. For all the
2: managers I've seen in those kind of documentary style films, I think. Peter Reid is the one I'd most like to play for. Yeah. That, like, yeah. It, it seems like, it, like you, you, know, you know what he is and you yeah. know you know he's going to be encouraging you. He's going to trust you to do your job.
1: And also he does genuinely seem to like his players. Yeah. Like, yeah he really yeah. feels a kind of bond for them. And he's yeah. really like, he's genuinely like, and at points you're like, mate, like you're not talking about the same group of players yeah. you think you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Because he's like, when you guys get the ball on the floor, you can compete with anyone he's like no they
3: can't <laughs> <laughs> no they can't
1: you nearly signed an israeli center forward with a broken leg and he was gonna walk straight well not walk he was gonna have to be wheeled straight into your first team that is
4: the other thing when you see the team yeah he's rubbish man for man like they're really they're really from what I can tell they're really reliant on Kevin Ball <laughs> <laughs> No,
2: that's not a position you want to be in no I, remember, I remember, yeah I saw the team and thought oh, god that isn't very good that like Lionel Perez the goalkeeper yeah. who's wearing a mullet way yeah, after it became nice. exceptional I mean
1: producer. 20 years <laughs> yeah.
2: late but there's a bit in it where I see Andy Melville I think come out of the tunnel and I thought oh my god he was playing for West Ham like four years ago right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah terrible team well, um,
4: it was a, it was a very enjoyable watch. watch. Yeah, enjoyable it was watch. And I, I came
2: out of it loving Sunderland as a football club. I thought yeah. they are a nice. A I should say, we're Bobby not. Saxton.
4: We're not saying that Sunderland are a rubbish football club. Just no, just
1: no, they, it was it seemed very badly managed, when they come across. And, and, and he, in a way, it has. It sort of has. I mean, they're they're back in trouble again, but it has sort of panned out for them. I mean, they 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 yeah. are an established ish Premier yeah. League club. Yeah. yeah, it was just probably like slightly premature to be yeah. making this, but it's a fascinating document yeah. of. Like, for a number of reasons, like football kind of get, getting away from its grassroots. Like, it's a sort of fascinating document and, of that, here. And
4: most of all, the story about Kevin Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Skipper! This, <laughs> Kumar, thank you very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Thanks Cheers. for joining me. No one likes to be called
0: and a failure and get relegated, but I won't let it get me down or injure me health. I'll be extremely
4: disappointed because I love winning. that was gonna laugh on it. It was great, wasn't it? I know that was genuinely. I would implore you not to watch the documentary, <laughs> but I really enjoyed talking about yeah. it. I got to the end of the hour and a half watching that documentary, and I thought I could have watched a film. But now I'm <laughs> <pleased laughs> watch the
2: documentary. If we had a phone call today, panic phone call, like it's what are we gonna do?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure this yeah. we can
0: talk about this. We're gonna jump the shark here. <laughs> yeah.
4: um, before brilliant. we go, thank you for all your correspondence. Uh, what were we looking for?
2: We're looking for cl- your clips of footballers attempting singing careers. Yeah. We know the main ones. Diamond Knights, Glenn Hoddle, yeah. Chris. Well, you know, d- 90s Let's footballers. deep cuts. Yeah, deep deep cuts, cuts,
4: please. We don't want Come On You ads. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it. Oh, one final thing we always want is uh, reviews.
2: Yes, we do. And we've got some reviews to read out this week. So the idea is that you leave a review on our iTunes and you reference in that a niche 90s footballer, which will then feature in the titles next week. So let's have a read. We've got one here. Fantastic. As well crafted as Andy Sinton's left foot, as quick-witted as a Benito Carbone turn and as nostalgic as Ian Marshall's mullet. Quickly, Kevin, is a fantastic listen for anyone with an interest in 90s football. That's a Fojnick 69 Then we've got... <laughs> amazing. Once I've listened to one, I am right back for another and that's Earl Barrett of Oldham and
0: (laughs) Aston Villa Football
2: Club now it's my favourite so far I think this review here could be my favourite review of all time it simply says this such a great pod love Jason Dodd signed off
0: Jason Dodd (laughs) (laughs) so what are you going for then? well I thought Earl Barrett would never be beaten but I Yeah, the simplicity of Dodd is the winner for me.
2: Well,
4: there we go, Jason Dodd will be in the titles next week. Thank you for your correspondence. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for listening. Um, Next week, we have another (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Uh, If you want to get in touch, this is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin.com and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Lovely Jim Rosenthal. Mm, Sounds so good. (laughs) Sounds so so silky. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Goodbye. See you next week. Bye.
3: This episode is brought to you by State Farm.